What's happening, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of Total Football Club. My name is Alex Perez. Thank you all so much for joining us yet again another week. I know we switch it up on you guys with the days and stuff like that. We will find a consistent schedule in the next few weeks, but we're here, and that's what counts. We have a great show for you all, as always. Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester City to PSG to Real Madrid What's Kylian Mbappe going to do? Will he be leaving to Real Madrid in the next few days? We're also going to talk about the mighty Arsenal or the not-so-mighty Arsenal. Is the Arsenal that we knew officially dead? Can they relive? And we're also going to talk about Nisa, Marseille, Dimitri Payet, the fans. Should players get punished for retaliating? But before we get into all of that, let me introduce the number one Chelsea fan in the world. Okay, maybe not in the world because there's millions. There's millions. You guys will have to do like a Royal Rumble to determine who the number one is. But I know he's a happy man because Lukaku debuted with a goal on Sunday. Chris Sued. Chris, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Yeah, like I said, um, it, was a, it was a great weekend uh, for all the Chelsea fans. It was a great, great, great match. They look strong, and yeah, it was. It's things are going well right now. We got a, a great test this upcoming weekend against Liverpool, and uh, can't wait to get it to, to to see that match, man. Oh, that is some game Saturday morning, of course, over here in the states. That's gonna be that's gonna be some game. Surely we'll talk about it next week. Um, before we we begin talking about about all of these interesting topics that we have for you all. We just want to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Although we won't have a video up this week, it'll be audio only. There will be more videos coming up in the next few weeks. And we have last week's podcast or a segment from last week's podcast on video. Rate, review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts as well. I've said podcast like six times in the last 30 seconds. Follow us at Total Foot Club on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, I already said to subscribe to the YouTube channel. I don't know why I, I got ahead of my notes. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Alex Perez FC. Chris, where can the people follow you on social media? Yeah, you could um, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Chris, S-O-L-O-D-O-L-O underscore. And um, yeah, it's been it's been a, a crazy window. It's been a lot of transfer stories, <laughs> and I, I try to find all the best ones for everybody. So um, yeah, you can definitely follow me on there, and it, it's it's gonna be an interesting few days. Oh my goodness! Some of the stories that you have sent me, and and some of the tweets that that you have sent me. Uh, have definitely got me thinking, and, and that's what I what what we should what, what we're gonna start with. That's how we're going to start the show. Chris, I know you have a lot to say and you have some questions to ask me. So the floor is yours. Take it away. Yeah, we definitely got to start with Kylian Mbappe this week. And we have to start with, so there's 
There's a lot of talk about he wants to leave for Real Madrid. I think now it's official. His club, PSG, have openly admitted that he wants to leave, that they received an official offer. Um, and everybody's talking about what is, what's going to happen in these next few days. So if you, if you were Leonardo, let's say, the, who's the director at, uh, of sporting uh, at PSG, um, what would you do, Alex? It, would you keep Mbappe this summer by any means necessary and have the strongest team in all the world? Or do you listen to Real Madrid and yourself for, for top dollar? knowing that he's out of contract next summer and he's going to go for free. He's already let you know he wants to leave. So what would you do if you were in charge of PSG at this time? If I was in charge of PSG, Chris, um, I would probably sell Kylian Mbappe now. Why, why ruin the relationship even more? Of course, let me add some context to my answer. I would sell Kylian Mbappe right now if the offer that I'm getting from Madrid meets exactly the number or or it, it meets it quite 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 closely if it meets the number that I am asking for because Leonardo said it himself he's not gonna lose any money on this transfer he wants to sell for for a lot he wants to sell we're, we're talking about 200 million euros plus so if the too, offer too is 220. 220 there you go yeah. 220 million euros if that's what he's gonna get well yeah i would sell him now because the relationship has been soured already those the, those words that have been said to the media in public you kind of can't go back you really can't go back because it's gonna get awkward and and yeah sure there's a possibility that that you have that that you can see play out arguably the best team ever assembled in the history of this game but if one of the players isn't isn't all in and one of the players has his mind set in madrid and probably has a home in madrid already then what's the point of keeping him i think letting go of killing mbappe and having i don't know maybe an angel di maria play in in his in his spot Speaking of, of PSG, of course, I think that would be better than having a killing Mbappe that isn't mentally there. So if the offer is right, I would let killing Mbappe go. Because then, what's your alternative? You let him go for nothing next summer? I don't, I don't think that's what PSG wants. They, they, they paid a boatload of money for killing Mbappe to, let, to see him just leave for free. To Real Madrid of all teams, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. I I would sell him before August thirty first. Uh, I think those are all fair points, and I I think if I were you, I would I would I, I agree. I think I would sell as well. But to make the point that what what PSG are thinking, it's two. There's two aspects at play here. Mm-hmm. You have to one. You, you've been you've been trying to be this super club for the last ten years or so, right? You've been you you got Ibrahimovic, you got Thiago Silva. You slowly but surely have been upgrading the the quality of the team. You've been bringing in world class managers, and so you're finally at this level where you bring in all the 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 best players in the world, right? 
So you have to, it's almost like Daniel Levy and Kane. You have to mm. see, look in the mirror and say to yourself, I, I am going to sell the best, arguably my best player right now to a, a direct rival who's going to challenge me for the trophy, directly challenge me for the trophy that, I'm, that I want the most. And that's a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow. Even if it's, I guess, uh, I guess, I, I guess if it's a figurative uh, situation where they they know that they're gonna lose the player in 12 months to that same team, but at least they they can tell their fans we did we didn't we did everything to keep him. Even the last summer, right before when he, we everybody knew he wanted to leave, we said no, we we're, we're gonna hold off and try to convince him to sign a contract with the best team in the world and try to win all the trophies we can. And even if it, it say they win the champions league and best case scenario, obviously you win the champions league and Bappe changes his mind and stays, right. Mm-hmm. But say you win the champions league and he leaves anyway, is it worth it? I think in that scenario for these owners, it might be, I think for me and you, I think it's, there's no way. I mean, you can, we can, obviously, if you can bring in a Cristiano Ronaldo, who we're going to talk about next, or someone, I mean, you already have Mario Cardi on the bench, just getting dust, essentially. <laughs> um, and when he plays, he gets the, hurt. <laughs> yeah. You, but you have the quality to, to still probably be the favorite in the tournament, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Very interesting to see what happens because. Like, um, like like Kane and Tottenham, we said earlier, we said two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we, there's no way he's going to move. And look what happened. Harry Kane's yeah. staying at Tottenham. Yeah. So while it may make the best financial sense and even may, may make the best sporting sense because if Mbappe's head is truly turned and he's not motivated, you don't want a player like that in your team. Um, they may not do it. They just may not. <laughs> And they probably won't. It, it they will probably play play hardball, and, and they won't make it easy for Real Madrid at all. Which they shouldn't make life impossible for Real Madrid. This is the Barca fan in me talking. Um, <laughs> make it impossible for them to land Kylian Mbappe, please. Um, cut off all the flights from Paris to Madrid. Anyway, um, what the only reason why I I say that. A disgruntled Kylian Mbappe, uh, an unmotivated Kylian Mbappe should go is because nothing guarantees me that this PSG team will actually win a Champions League. Because yes, of course, I agree with the point that you made that if Kylian Mbappe plays the season with PSG and they win the Champions League and yet he still leaves next June or July, whenever, well, next June, of course it's going to be worth it. Of course, it's going to be worth keeping Kylian Mbappe, but nothing guarantees me that PSG will win the Champions. There are no guarantees in life. Just putting it out there uh, in case some people didn't know. There's no guarantees in life. So if I'm not guaranteed a Champions League, sure, with Mbappe, with Messi, and with Neymar together as the front three, I'm closer to reaching that goal, but it's not guaranteed. Anything can happen, and, and and I know I'm speaking a lot of cliches right now, but nothing is guaranteed, 
especially winning a Champions League. PSG, what a they had a ridiculously good team. Even when they when they made the final back in what was it? Well, last year when they made the final. And and they they fell short to Bayern. And they had a really good team. Now they have yeah, they have a better team. But what makes you think that they won't have a bad night in the most important game in the history of their club? So again, of course, I understand where you're coming from with, and 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 I think that you citing Daniel Levy was it's it, it's something that will provide a, a great visual for for the people listening because it's it's a great example. But again, I think that if you can get 220 million euros for Kylian Mbappe, you can keep on improving that squad. You can keep on improving that squad, and and you can maybe bring in Cristiano Ronaldo. Or someone else, maybe someone younger. But then again, I completely understand why these. I'm I'm sitting on the fence right now, and I, yeah. I don't like that. You I'm sitting see, on the fence right now. You can see both <laughs> sides. I mean, I think if you can get so the 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 the, the, the sporting director was saying they still owe uh, installments to Monaco. Yes, which I they find do. Crazy! I can't believe that the PSG with all the money in the world still owe money on the deal that happened like four or five years ago. Yeah, but, four years ago, yeah. Or three. Um, eh, whatever. What it's been a while. Okay, so he went on loan in 2017. 2017, 2018. And then in 2018. So 2017, essentially. So four years. Wow. Four years. So, yeah, so four, four years. years. Four, yeah. yeah. That's for PSG. That's, a, that's I mean, but. He was 19, oh, by the way. Yeah, he was 19 when he, went, when he moved to PSG. But it, I think if you could recoup. If with 220, which is the asking price, if mm-hmm. even if you they say they offer 200, because they, they say they don't meet the full asking price, they offer 200. 200, you get back everything you paid for, and you essentially cover most of the transfer fee for Ronaldo, which sounds insane, but Ronaldo's available, they're saying, for 28 million euros, which is the cost of his uh last year at Juve. Mm-hmm. So if you if you Recoup all the money that, that you spent on Kylian Mbappe, which is a world record fee. You got every major free agent on the market already. And you, you replace him with someone like Cristiano Ronaldo. How, how don't you do that deal? Like, you're going to lose him for free, for free next summer. So I get the whole, I guess, emotional standpoint where you don't want to sell to a direct rival and send that message, but... I don't think your fans are really going to mind. <laughs> no, no. Listen, Especially because they're booing him already. Yeah. Yeah, once you lose the fans, it's it, it's hard to to really reestablish yourself. Ask Arsenal and all of their players. Very, uh, I mean, I don't know if Granite Jack, we'll, we'll talk about Arsenal in a little bit, but um, once you lose the fans, man, they can drive you out of there. Um but yeah, I, I know I, I was sitting on the fence right now, and I, I I will just go back to the point that I was making, or, or when uh, to the to the answer that that I was giving you to your initial question that started all of this. I think you sell, you sell, you sell Kylian Mbappe, even if they offer two hundred million euros. Which Jesus Christ, even if they offered, it sounds like they're just yeah. offering change, right? Yeah, yeah. two hundred million euros. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If they're offering 200 million euros, you sell. Because 
There's no point. What? It ultimately comes down to this. You either sell for 200 million euros now in the next week or you lose all your money next summer. Pick one PSG. Which option do you think is best? I don't think you have to be a, a, a mathematician. I don't think you have to be a, a business guru to really come come down to, to to what really would be best for PSG. Yeah. What what about Ronaldo? For uh, where do you think he's gonna go? Do you think he should go to PSG and wait out the Mbappe situation, or you think he should go to to, to Man City? Because the there's the, the the latest is that his agents enter in trying to get him a new club because he's mm -hmm. out of contract in in a year, and he's available. Yeah. So where do you think he should go next? A big Say Jorge Mendes. <laughs> Jorge Mendes is the. The, the, the agent is the, is the agent, the super agent. For, uh, su yeah super agent oh here we go again talking about agents jesus christ yeah uh, <laughs> mino raiola um the, last week and then this week we're going to talk about george mendes he 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 um he, he's the agent for like every portuguese player isn't he yeah <laughs> and every portuguese coach anyway yeah. um if I was uh, Jorge Mendes, I'm going to say it in, in, in a Portuguese accent. If I was him, I would be in England or calling. Ca I, I would be calling Manchester. Um, I feel like if Cristiano Ronaldo goes to Manchester City. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What, 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 what were we talking about Manchester City lacking last week? Goals. Yeah, a clin a clinical, fin clinical finisher. And what is Cristiano Ronaldo in this last stage of his career? He is a clinical finisher. Besides clean, being a serial winner, he is a clinical finisher. Imagine that. But we were talking about something off the air. Will Pep Guardiola and Cristiano Ronaldo mesh? I don't think so. And you didn't think so either. You, you think that the personalities are very different and there's no compatibility whatsoever. Um, so I feel like that's where maybe you can stop thinking about Manchester City. Um, but at the same time, like, I would just love to see Manchester United fans outraged at the <laughs> fact that one of their best players in the last two decades is playing now for the bitter, bitter rival, Manchester City. That, oh, oh my God, that would be awesome. That would be incredible, but I don't think it's very realistic. With that being said, I feel like the only two options for Ronaldo are Real Madrid or PSG. That's what it comes down to. Okay, um, I, 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 like I definitely see where you're coming from regarding Pep. History tells us that wouldn't really work. Uh, um, the closest comparison for Pep that you could have as a, as a, regarding the ego, regarding the, the attention and the personality, the closest comparison you would say is Lautan Ibrahimovic, and they lasted barely a year together. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, while that, 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 in a sporting sense, Manchester City works perfectly. I mean, Ronaldo is the quintessential false nine at this stage of his career he kind of blended into like a full like a, a pure forward whereas he was more of a winger in man manchester united 
and more more of an out and out player at, at Real. Now he just morphed into this like versatile wing striker. But um, as I as I'm thinking about it, the club that really that no one is talking about, but the one that makes sense to me because they have a history of pulling deadline day, deadline day deals at the last second mm-hmm. and then also have a history for the big name, even though it may not be a sporting fit. Don't be surprised if Manchester United come in on deadline day and they, they pull, they, 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 they snag Ronaldo from desperation. And they, they sell out all those jerseys and, and get all those headlines because that's really what they need. And it's an opportunity because that price isn't even that high right now. So if they, they really want to run the gambit, that would be the move. And no one's talking about it, but I can really see that being it. Here's the thing with Cristiano Ronaldo. I feel like he just fits anywhere sporting wise he fits anywhere because obviously he's just he's that good so when you have cristiano ronaldo in your team you make it work you make it work no matter what or he makes it work um now with that being said yeah that would be of course a feel-good story we all love those it would be nice to see cristiano ronaldo back in manchester wearing red and not blue because if he wears blue the world might just burn or at least a little part of 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 the world might might burn but yeah you're right uh if as soon as you said manchester united pulling a a deadline transfer i remembered angel di maria back in 2014 um i think radamel falcao that same Mm -hmm. day that yep. same day, they, they they pulled one, and they also shipped Chicharito to uh, to Real Madrid, Madrid. All in one day. All in Had one day. The, the fax machine deadline day. Oh the, the, yeah, the year after the David De Gea. Yeah, and and, and then, Navas, and, they were going to swap. And then in the winter, in the winter, got Odi and Nagalu with like no time left. Oh yeah, right Which before the pandemic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So right they, they're the, the ones I I can really because. If I sit here and think about it, like Madrid makes sense, but they have Mbappe in their sights. Mm-hmm. PSG makes sense, but as of now, there's no interest. Manchester City makes sense, but they're saying they're not going to pay a fee. And like we said, personality-wise, it probably won't be a fit. So what is out there for Ronaldo? Because there's no way he's just going to go back to, to Juve and... and not really want to be there and know that they don't really want him and it'd be a lame duck season for this great player. So I can see the only one that really makes sense to me, like that, that, and, and has a, has a, have a history of pulling this kind of deal is United. And it's appropriate too, because again, the history between Cristiano Ronaldo and Manchester United. Wow. Um, as, as you do, Many times on the show, you have convinced me. I think Manchester United will be a great fit. Um, but something tells me that he's not going anywhere. At least for this transfer window. Something tells me that he's not going anywhere. I don't I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's, of course, a lot 
a lot of the uh, uh, a lot of movement and i was about to make a comment and i <laughs> i don't know i tried to make a comment like in the middle of the point that i was trying to make i don't know what happened there happens once in a while um i just i don't know i don't think Rochelle's going anywhere this this summer i don't i don't know why i don't i don't think he's going anywhere but if i was him i would be pushing to leave Juventus because I would hate to wear that ugly ass yellow jersey. God, <laughs> is that thing hideous. Oh, the worst jersey I have seen from from Juventus ever and boy, that that half white half black was hideous too. But anyway, <laughs> um that's a different story. What Ultimately, how do you think, just to wrap up and, and so we can move on, how do you think all of this is going to end up? How, where, where do you think Mbappe lands? Where do you think Cristiano Ronaldo, Ronaldo lands? And how do you think the uh, landscape of, of, this, of, this, uh, of this whole transfer saga yeah. will end up looking? I think, no doubt, Mbappe is going to Real Madrid. I think they... they after the comments of the sporting director today, I think it's just a matter of time. There's no way they're going to take financially that big a hit, no matter how big your pride is. So I think they're going to have to, they're going to sell. And it's crazy because part part of the reason why they're Real Madrid are bidding is to humiliate them because they feel like PSG and UEFA humiliated them in Initially, with the whole Super League, but oh, Real Madrid, yeah, yeah Crimea really River, Crimea River, Real Madrid. Um, I think they're gonna get their guy. I think they're gonna get their guy, and part of me thinks PSG will surprise people and go for Ronaldo, but I know he can't. He's not gonna sit in Juve. I just, I can't see that for him. I really, I really don't. So um, I I see me, I, 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 I don't know why I feel this confident, but I do see a deadline day for Ronaldo. And I think it's going to be Manchester, whether it be City or United. I, my gut feeling tells me it's going to be United and nobody's talking about it right now. But I think he's going to move because the Juve aren't the team he joined. If you can even make the argument, Juve have gotten worse every year he's been there. Yes. They're no longer Champions League favorites. They're no longer amongst the Champions League favorites. They're like a contender. And that's not really what Ronaldo is looking for at this stage. I don't think he's looking for a fight. I think he's looking for titles. So that move to United with City looking as as weak under under Guardiola as they've ever had and the EPL being as open as it is I think that move just makes too much sense and it's not being talked about just yet I'll be really surprised if he stays still interesting it's so funny how Mbappe and Ronaldo are so intertwined and it looks like one is waiting for the other where are you going Gohan I don't know what that means, but I I I guess. No way! You don't watch Dragon Ball Z? No. Oh no, Alex! We're gonna have to have a whole another episode on that. I don't. For anyone listening, and I'm sure if if, the, if my girlfriend or my friends are listening, I don't watch movies. I don't watch TV shows. 
I don't I don't watch any any of that. I'll I'll watch a good documentary and and soccer or, or sports in general. That's what I watch on TV. I don't I don't watch anything else. Um, the people look at me funny all the time. I know. Uh, I I can't I I I was gonna say I can't remember the last time I sat through a movie, but I did just a couple of weeks ago, and I actually really enjoyed it. But um, if man, no, 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 that's not my thing. <laughs> oh no! Well, for everybody who's listening, rest assured, I'm like the complete opposite. I, I I'm all into the movies and the the series, so I got I'll, I'll culture Alex as we go along this podcast. <laughs> Nice. You're like the sixth person that wants to do that for me. But I appreciate all of you. All right. Let's move on now. Let's talk about Arsenal. And this is a question actually that, that you that you pose as well. And I I love this question. Is the Arsenal that we knew and loved? I don't know if you love them much, but new and hated, you could say. Okay, new and new and hated, or just the, the Arsenal that, that we knew. We used to know. That we used to know. Are they dead? Is this over? I think it's been over, honestly. Part of me wants to say no. Wow. Okay. Explain yourself, please. Yeah. Part of me wants to say no because the romance is still there. Their fans are still as passionate as ever. And oddly enough, I don't want to see them go, man. Like, I have a, I, 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 it seems like I've developed a soft, a soft spot for them. <laughs> let let me stop them, you like, really go quick. Go any further. Le, le, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you mean go like <laughs> go to the like, championship? Or? Yeah, because, because <laughs> that's, that's how bad they're looking right now. Like they're looking <laughs> like they might be one of the worst teams in the league. And, and that's yeah. not like, like, come on, man. Like, yeah, we used to banter Arsenal for being a top four club, and now in hindsight, it's like, wow, they, I'm sure they would they they would pay so much money for to be in that situation again. But we bantered them for not being a serious club because they were in and around the Champions League places. Now they're barely around the Europa League places, not even challenging for it. And going off what we've seen these last two weeks. Brentford, who just got promoted from the championship, looked far and away the better team against them. And Chelsea, with Romelu Lukaku having a couple minutes on the training pitch with, with the new teammates, looking like he's been there for 10 years. And, man, I, I'd really, I'm scared for them. I really, if I was a supporter, I'd be really worried. And I don't want to see them go any lower because... It's not even fun as a rival to poke fun at them anymore. Like, I, I, I kind of want, I kind of miss the competitive nature of the rivalry. So, I, for their sake, I really hope that their fans revolt and 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 make the 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 scene that that happened at West Ham a few years ago when they looked like they were gonna get relegated mm-hmm. and and save their club because. I I I really feel for them. I do. Yeah, uh, it's great that you mention uh, the fact that Arsenal fans would kill to be top four because I'm sure you've heard it from Arsenal fans themselves. I've heard it from Arsenal fans myself, and uh, 
and they 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 said they almost use or the, the Arsenal fan that I heard almost used the exact same words that you did that before it was it was almost funny for them finishing top four. Now it's like, please give us that any day of the week. That's that's something that we miss dearly. And it's it's also funny how <laughs> some people not not a lot. But some people are even asking for Arsene Wenger to come back. He's not coming back. But it's like, wow, we'll take back whatever whatever it was of Arsene Wenger, even though those last few years were. They were a little, not a little, they were pretty bad. They would take that over what's going on right now. But yeah, let's. I'm, I'm going to get a little more serious because once you mentioned like relegation and stuff like that, I started laughing. But... Let's be honest. They haven't scored a goal in the Premier League. They played two games. They've lost both of them. They have Manchester City at the Etihad on Saturday. Looks like that's going to be another loss for Arsenal. And yes, you can say that they won in the FA Cup 6-0. Yeah, whatever. They 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 beat West Brom or whoever it was. It it sorry, it wasn't the FA Cup. It's the Carabao Cup. Did I say FA Cup? Whatever. It's it's a cup competition. They got a result. Um but Let's be honest, they're probably not going to beat Manchester City and they're going to start off their season with three losses in a row in the Premier League, their Premier League season. So, yeah, that's that's concerning. And then if they don't score a single goal, they're going to be bottom of the table. They're going to be absolute bottom of the table. And and here's something that that I want to. Here's well, here are some points that I want to make about Arsenal and especially about that game against Chelsea. And a little bit about the game against Brentford. I look back at the goal that Romelu Lukaku scored. It was almost comical how easy he drew Pablo Mari out of his position. And it's like, really, Pablo Mari? You don't do your homework? You don't know that this is what Romelu Lukaku does? He just backs into you and and will literally bully you and, and, and will push you around? He bullied him like twice in that same play. How does a professional player not study those types of things? And then, of course, Kieran Tierney, he was one of the highlights for this team. He was also a liability against Chelsea. And that's concerning because that's one of your best players. And he's not performing. He's leaving all of these gaps. Reese James, who, by the way, what a goal he scored. Not, we're, we're taking nothing away from Reese James. But, man, he had a lot of time to... to to think about it and he thought about it well because he finished incredible beautiful goal um and and it's just the whole the whole vibe that i get from arsenal is so uninspiring because they could be zero two in these first two games of the premier league but if they were zero two and they really took it to brentford and they had six seven eight 10 opportunities and Brentford's keeper was just having the best game of his life and Brentford had a couple opportunities and they struck gold with that then I would understand it but that wasn't even the case it looked like Arsenal was the team that was just getting promoted from the championship and then you look at the game against Chelsea really the 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 only highlight from these two games is Emil Smith-Rowe that's it. Other than that, 
uninspiring uninspiring that entire defense it got exposed even more than it was already getting exposed and Miguel Arteta just man it 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 just it's the same cycle over and over and over again it's so repetitive and the ball just goes around and around and around and around they tediously possess the ball and and there's nothing the the only guy again I will mention him again the only guy that will actually make a vertical run the only guy that will actually dribble towards goal is Emil Smith Rowe but he can't do everything by himself uninspiring from Arsenal what I mean how can you even turn this around if you're Arsenal and Mikel Arteta is it, it, let me ask you that question and I'm going to ask you one more is Mikel Arteta the guy should we start to question if if or we've started to question that a long time ago now should Mikel Arteta stay um it's funny he won an FA Cup and that might have been the worst thing that ever happened to them mm-hmm. because everybody thought this is just the beginning we're going to go up and up from here everybody's expectations started to rise and he looks very green for a coach and that team doesn't look like they know their identity mm-hmm. i know it, it, every game what you can bank on is Kieran Tierney is going to be high up on the pitch trying to make overlapping runs and uh have the, the the numerical advantage on the offensive end to try to play one of his the strikers in Reese James had all day you said it Reese James had all day on that flank he had Lukaku wide, wide open on on that on that that first goal where James could have shot it and and scored on himself uh, scored himself but Lukaku just bullied Mori to like like a like a bowling ball <laughs> and then he was wide open on the second goal and then instead of passing it on Reese himself so Arsenal just don't have it doesn't look like they have an identity and they don't even have a plan B to what they what they're trying to do and and not not doing very well um in hindsight it looks like they maybe should have gave Unai Emery some more time and maybe Arsene Wenger obviously longer leash because maybe things wouldn't have been as bad under those managers if those fans weren't as negative and, and as they were Emery got them to a Europa League final lost it but went right back with Villarreal and won it again uh And Wenger had them <laughs> Champions League every year, which they I'm sure they kill for now. So funny for those two managers, you can obviously make the case that they needed more time. For Arteta, you can make the case they should have never hired him. And um, yeah, I would I, with with a guy like Antonio Conte available. I don't know if he'll take the job because he already turned on Tottenham. He seems like he's a he's a a winner and won't join a, a losing project so let's see but with a guy like Conte available I would definitely move on there's nothing Arteta's really done in the last year or so that gives you any confidence he's the guy the the key here is if Antonio Conte wants to join if he wants to join of course you pull the trigger and 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 you let you let uh 
Mikel Arteta go. But he, here's the thing, and here's something that that I feel like everyone should should really, really come to terms with. With what Arsenal has right now, and I'm talking about the squad, I'm talking about the coaching staff, and I'm talking about the board. That combination is a losing combination. We've seen it for a year now. It's it's not it's not going to turn around anytime soon. Mikel Arteta, I. I, I, part of me wants to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's a Pep Guardiola guy. And you guys know that I have a soft spot for Pep. Well, I'm a huge fan of Pep Guardiola. It's not just a soft spot. And and again, uh, a part of me just thinks that maybe he doesn't have the right players to perform or, or to to showcase the football that, that he wants to show. But a part of me is like, wow, you've been in charge for, what, two almost two years now? And... There's been no improvement. How? Yeah, they won an FA Cup, but how did they win it? How did they win the FA Cup? How did they beat Chelsea? How did they beat that Manchester City? Even Liverpool. How did they beat Liverpool in the uh, Community Shield? They beat them in penalties, I believe it was. So, I mean, it, it was it was inspiring because they won a trophy or two trophies. But if you look at the ways that they won it, I just don't don't think so. So I I think that something has to change. The squad has been changing. The manager hasn't. And and the only constant has been the manager. So man, even saying it out loud, it's like, well, yeah, no shit. Mikel Arteta's the issue. <laughs> he he's the guy that, that can't put the pieces together. And and maybe a guy like Antonio Conte can put the pieces together. Maybe even this job is too big for, for Antonio Conte and, and maybe it's just time to 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 sink, see the the ship sink for for Arsenal, but I feel like this combination of uh, again, uh, the squad, the board and the coaching staff isn't it. Something has to change and it looks like Miguel Arteta will be the next big change in Arsenal. Yeah. Um you pretty much nailed it there. Um, it seems like Arteta, for the type of football that he wants to play, he wants to play like Pep. You need world class players. You're not going to get that at Arsenal right now. They got they went from having world class players ten years ago to having exceptional players to really good players, and now they have like decent or good players. Like there's not many. Like uh, Saka, Smith Rowe, maybe Tierney, and even then he has his odd game. But those are the three you can say are, are pretty good players. Everybody else there is just, just a decent player. And Arsenal don't have that quality, that depth, and and and, and that depth in numbers and that quality in numbers um, that they used to have. So it doesn't look like it's a it's a fit. They need somebody who can make them. Uh, more than the sum of their parts. And that sounds like a Conte. That sounds like a Zinedine Zidane. If if one of those guys wants a job, let's see. But definitely doesn't seem like Arteta's the guy. <laughs> Let me ask you this before we move on. Let's just... Let's, let's visit our memory a little bit and let's kind of just take a look at Arsenal's squad right now because you mentioned a very, very, very important point and something very interesting. Let's just take a look at this squad. 
or think about Arsenal's squad. How many of those players do you think would start in a Chelsea, in a Liverpool, in a Manchester City, in a Manchester United, in a Leicester, even in a Tottenham? I say <laughs> maybe Kieran Tierney, maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's tough, man. Maybe I, because, like, for example, I wouldn't take Tierney over my over my guys. Okay, he's a good player. He's a good player. It's just yeah, that's that's the difference. That's what we're talking about. Good and great. Like, that's a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, other than that, like. I'm not taking Gabriel Martinelli. I I I mean he's no. he's not a finished product yet. Bukayo Saka, he's not a finished product yet. Um Pierre Emerick Aubameyang in this form? Are you kidding me? No, no way. way. Lacazette? Yeah, maybe in 2015 I would have taken Lacazette. Um Goalkeeper is Bern Leno. He's a great shot stopper, but I would take Edward Mendy. I would take even Hugo Lloris. I would take Casper Schmeichel. I would take Allison. I would take um, Ederson. I would take all uh, uh, David De Gea. I would take all of them over Bern Leno. Um, defensively, pfft, you get Arsenal can keep all of those defenders, uh, except again for Kieran Tierney, maybe. Um, and then in, in the midfield, Granite Jaga, keep him. Um, I I don't know. Emil Smith Rowe maybe, but no, I don't I, I don't think he's good enough for, for he, he any... may make someone's bench. And that's that's that goes to show yeah, exactly best that's the problem. May make one of the other top six clubs bench. Exactly. Like, that's the problem. That's the problem. The quality just simply isn't there. And yeah, it's it's incredible. It really is how how far Arsenal has dropped. I remember when, and and I'm I feel like I'm kind of revisiting a, a an episode that I did with one of my friends. Um, he he was talking about how how Arsenal was competing. I don't know if he said it on the podcast or he he we just talked about it, but he was talking about how Arsenal was. Beating Barcelona in a Champions League quarterfinal, and now they're, they're they can't even sniff a Champions League group stage. They can't even sniff a Europa League group stage. That, that that's that's the problem. That's how far. That's how that's how bad the fall of Arsenal has been. It's just incredible, man. I I don't see this turning around anytime soon unless some radical change happens. But other than that, is there anything else you want to add to this very depressing topic that is Arsenal? Oh man, they're done. They're they're already Jesus. dead. <laughs> Jesus, right. leave them alone. Okay, all right. Well, I'll just I'll clip that and I'll send it to my friend Miguel. If you're listening to this, shout out to you. Um, I'm 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 sorry you're an Arsenal fan, but we still love you. All right, <laughs> you you need to talk to him, man. You you need to talk to him. That 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 man is. Poor Arsenal fans, yo. Yeah. I, I don't even. I used to have fun with them and joke around, but it's just. It's not fun I feel anymore. So is bad it? now? Yeah, it's like it's all. It's very. I, I I don't mean this to anyone specifically, but it's very akin to the Barcelona situation where it's like it's not even funny anymore. Like. Yeah, just, no, like, you don't want to you don't want to see that like 
that's not that seeing clubs fall that bad. Like, yeah, the odd one year where they don't play as well. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, that, that happens. When they're this down and out, it's like it's it's not it's not good for the game at this point. No, it's not because you do lose a lot of competition. But here's the thing, and this is something that I told my friend too. I said one thing is to be Barcelona bad, and another thing is to be Arsenal bad. Um, <laughs> so. Not, I'm not saying this because I'm a Barcelona fan, but it the, the, there's levels. Hopefully Barcelona yeah. doesn't get there. Hopefully Barcelona doesn't get there, and I hope that Arsenal gets their shit together because again, it, it's good for the competition. Um, all right, <laughs> let's move on now, and and we have just a bit of time because I do have to go, and uh, you guys might be wondering where do you have to go to bed? That's where I have to go. Um, <laughs> let, let's talk about what happened. In, in this uh, league on match between match, did you hear me? League on match between Nisa and Marseille. Towards the end of the game, uh, Dimitri Paya got into it with some fans of uh, of Nisa, and uh, they are referring it. They are referring to it now as the Malice South of Paris. Um, it's it's a reference to the Malice at the Palace. If you guys don't know what it is, look it up. It is it is one of the craziest sporting things you might ever see. And there was no ball kicked or thrown or shot or anything. Um, so basically, Dimitri Payet was about to take a corner. Anissa fan threw a bottle at him. Payet threw it back and then chaos just emerged. Uh, the fans stormed into the field. First, there was a couple. Then it was like that whole section and then the benches cleared. It was ridiculous. Dante from Nisa, if you guys remember him, he used to play for Bayern Munich. He tried to stop the Marseille players, and, and he tried to stop the fans of his team, too. Of course, he failed because it was a mob that was coming in from the stands. And then, oh, look, looks like we haven't stopped talking about Arsenal just yet because Matteo Ganduzzi was in, 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 in there as well. And, of course, the best thing he he can do is, is, is fight. Um if he was only as good of a of a player as he as he was a a fighter, he would be he would still be at Arsenal, and and maybe he would be one of those players that would crack that top six. But to be fair, Matteo Guendouzi was uh, was defending his teammate, and again, it was just it was just absolute chaos. But my question to Chris and my question to everyone listening: Why should a player have to hold back whenever they are being abused? Especially, we're, we're going to use this example when they are being physically abused because Dimitri Payet was being physically abused. Why why does a player have to hold back? Well, and, and, the, and the fans can act in whichever way they want. Chris, why is that? No, um, I, don't, I don't really have an answer for that. I, I think as time has gone on, I think, You've seen it in the NBA with Russell Westbrook and the Utah mm-hmm. Jazz fans, and a lot Utah Jazz fans and really any opposing player. Um, you get it. You you get in these players' faces, and you better be ready for the smoke, man, because mm-hmm. there's no more that that glass door that was there where these players couldn't touch you. That's that's out the window now, and. I think when Ron Artsais, when I hope Madeline in the Palace situation happened, I was I was watching that live on TV. Mm-hmm. No shocks. I couldn't believe what I was watching. <laughs> now in hindsight, 
when I when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, he should have duffed that guy out. He should have duffed everybody who was around him out because you're a player, right? You're you're in that you're you're in the mindset of playing a game, and someone throws something at you. That's assault. Yeah. Now you're now you're thinking about where did that come from? What else is going to happen? What's going to happen right now? His Ron Artest is not a normal cat. That's this guy is from Queensbridge. So his mind went to, oh, somebody challenged me. Wrong move. And that's what happens when you play with these guys, these types of people. Um, Dimitri Paye, someone threw a bottle. Now, if someone threw a bottle around our test, I don't think he would have swung. I think he would have, you would have to pull that guy off. Right. I mean, you would have to pull Ron Artest off the guy. Mm-hmm. So Paye throwing the bottle back, that's the minimum. Yeah. Re- re- that's just the, you know, every, every action meets a reaction. You throw something into a stand, you, you do anything to these players, be ready for some type of reaction or better yet, don't do some, some stupid shit like that because you may end up squaring up with one of these guys. And I don't know, I don't know about you, but I'm not six something 250 where I could take these these athletes down. So no, no, no I'm tiny, um, bro. No way. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> it's all all to me. It's anything goes, man. Mm-hmm. Any of these fans really try these players, and they're asking for it. And that's in NBA, MLB, soccer. You do any of this stupid shit, you should be ready for what happens next. 100 percent i i was hoping that you would give me an answer like this because i've I, i've heard it from from many people that, that yeah why why should players have to eat all of this up why should they have to eat up that abuse why can't they retaliate and again you said it best dimitri Paye did probably the the bare minimum he just threw the bottle back and i feel like that was symbolic because that's almost like a, how do you feel when I do that to you? Huh? And I, I was reading a comment that, <laughs> that, um, that said something like, Oh, like the Nisa fan throws the bottle, uh, Dimitri Paya throws the bottle back and then he has a surprise Pikachu face. Um, that I, that reference, I kind of understand, uh, because I've seen the meme, but yeah, like, why are you surprised? You do that to anyone on the street, they're, they're going to do something about it. Maybe maybe not throw the bottle back at you, but they'll say something about it. Or they'll look at you a little funny or, or whatever. Just because this guy is concentrated and taking a corner doesn't necessarily mean that you are exempt from getting your ass beat. And that's the problem with some of these fans. It looks like they've probably never gotten slapped or they've never gotten punched in the face. And and you know that 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 if if you know what it's like to to, to get some sort of uh, to get physical with someone, you know that that's not necessarily the answer. But sometimes that's the only answer. And I feel like Dimitri Paye. I'm not saying that he did the right thing. I'm not saying that he, that, that he did the right thing, but he definitely acted better than a lot of people would. Um, with that being said, I do feel like everyone should be punished because the way that everything was handled was just horrible. Having the fans storm into the field, that 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 to me is one 
it's it's very scary whenever i see fans just storming onto the field like that to me it's incredibly scary and that is more dangerous than a bottle being thrown of course but again i think that everyone should be punished but the people who should be punished heavily severely are the people in that stand or majority of the people in the in, in the stand the people that stormed onto the field those are the people who shouldn't be let back into a football field anywhere in the world not just in nisa those are those guys aren't even fans those people are just they they're just people who who have a lot of frustration in their life and they they use these games as an outlet that's not a fan if you're a fan you go and you root for your team these guys the way that I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they have other problems, whatever we all do, but we handle them differently. It's incredibly pathetic that this happened and, and the behavior from the Nisa fans is absolutely pathetic. These people, again, should not be let back into, into any stadium anywhere in the world. They should be revoked from any type of, of membership license, uh, whatever whatever they have whatever membership they may have that should all be revoked because that's assault and you don't do that and and i'm i'm, I'm glad dimitri paye responded in the way that he did again i don't necessarily agree but i'm glad that he did what he did and surely that'll serve as an example yeah um what I think what really bothers me about this whole situation is like, it, the, obviously we all watched Chelsea Arsenal game. The, mm -hmm. when you, did you see when Reese James yes. scored the second goal? Yes. They threw a yes. bottle. Yes, they did. Nobody, nobody talks about it, right? Nobody mm -hmm. talked about who no. threw the bottle. We don't know who threw that bottle. They probably no. didn't even care once they realized it didn't even hit him, right? Yeah, that's so why that's, we're not talking about it. That's the issue. Like, you 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 don't care unless it hits Reese James in the eye, and now everybody cares, right? So I just think it's like they gotta we gotta just put more emphasis on shit like that because it's it's not okay. Like Reese James celebrating a goal in the Arsenal section where Arsenal fans are sitting is not licensed for you to throw a bottle at somebody's head. Mm -hmm. Dimitri Paye taking a corner kick where you're seated with, with opposing fans isn't reason for you to throw a bottle at somebody's head. Like, I don't think that's something that necessarily needed to be said, but apparently that's the way this, 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 uh, this is still going. And it's sad, man. It's, it's crazy, but common sense is not so common. No, 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 no. It had to be said. It had to be said because clearly these people do not know how to behave. So hopefully someone, someone with within with a bigger platform than us says these things. Um, I, again, I, I feel like everyone should be punished, but Dimitri Paya should receive less of a punishment and the Nisa fans should receive the heaviest punishment that they can possibly give out because that is not right. Um, all right. Is there anything else you want to add about about uh, this this whole situation? The, this this incredibly dark and twisted and just sad situation 
between the the, the fans of Nisa and and Dimitri Payet? It it only makes me worse. It only makes it worse and makes me it makes the situation more sad that the players that are usually at the end of this are usually players of color, the players that are not yeah. Caucasian. And it's always this kind of situation where we got to ask what goes through their head, what's going on through their head, why would someone do this? And the, uh, the answer is, it's, it's in plain sight. And people like us, people who go through their day and don't really see and don't really judge people off based off the color of their skin, don't comprehend that kind of logic. But it's really sad. And taking a knee isn't going to change anything. Mm-hmm. I think we just really need to have more of these types of conversations where may, hopefully somebody listens to this and they're sitting in that section and they see somebody they, they know or maybe somebody they don't know about to throw or do some stupid shit and they say, hey, what are you doing? Where that's, that's the only way this kind of change could be sparked because all this act of symbolism, it's, it's not doing anything. So. Yeah, until 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 this this racism is is really kicked out of the sport. Unfortunately, we're gonna see stupid shit like this all the time. Yeah, and you you also have to really really ask yourself how big of a factor was 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 racism in into Dimitri Payet's action on on Sunday because maybe he was just being racially abused the whole game. And he's like, all right, fuck you guys. And then he throws it back. Um, regardless, shitty situation. Hopefully it gets solved as best as it possibly can because this is uh, th- this isn't good. This isn't good. This isn't good. And uh, this is Messi's league now. And, and this isn't good PR for Lionel Messi. That's comedic relief, guys. Come on. Um, so, yeah, there's that. All right, Chris, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Um, anything else? I know I know what you're going to add. I know you're going to talk about Chelsea. I know you're going to talk about Liverpool. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. How do you think that game plays out? Ooh. Part of me, I mean, the last time we played Liverpool and they were fully healthy, even last year they gave us problems. Mm-hmm. Liverpool always gave Chelsea problems, and Mohamed Salah carries a big chip on his shoulder against his former club. Mm-hmm. That being said, we're we're really running high at, right now, and Chelsea have a boatload of confidence from winning the Champions League. So I I can see us. I'm not sure if we're at Anfield or at Stamford Bridge. Uh, I, I think Anfield. Yeah, I think I think that actually game, no. Um, finish your point and I'll finish and, and, and I'll, I, th- and I I'll think look Chelsea at wins that game I, don't, I think it's close maybe 2-1 they don't, I don't think we run away with it but I think we're the better team on form currently whether we're the better team overall I think the season's going to show us that right mm-hmm. now I like the momentum Chelsea are playing with so until that's broken um, I'm taking Chelsea Gotcha. All right. All right. And they're playing at Anfield, by the way. Um, yeah, it doesn't change anything. I still think we go in there and Lukaku keeps keeps bludgeoning these people, man, because he looks like a, a man possessed. Lukaku versus Van Dyke. What a matchup. Okay. I think it's going to end in a draw. 
I think that it's going to end like 2-2. It's going to be an enter- uh, entertaining game. And we will yeah. talk all about it uh, next week. All right, Chris, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Enjoy that game on, on Saturday. It, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, well, for, for the neutral fan, I don't know for you because <laughs> <laughs> you might. No, I'll enjoy it. I'll enjoy it. Dude, we just won the Champions League. This, Chelsea can do no wrong. About it. Don't, don't get embarrassed out there. but they, I don't think they game. will. Yeah, no, I don't see them getting game, embarrassed right? at all. There's not much complaining a Chelsea fan can do these days. Okay. All right. Well, must be nice. Sound, <laughs> th- th- that sounds so, so good. I'm happy for you. All right. And uh, that was Chris Sued. My name is Alex Perez. We will be back next week. Oh, I would tell you guys a day, but let's be honest. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be. Take care of everyone. Well, what am I saying? Let, let me start this all over. Take care, everyone. Thank you and goodbye.